Welcome to Page Rebels, where we spotlight indie authors and help readers find their next favorite books. I'm your host, Lori Thorne, and today we have urban fantasy author Ben Pick with us. Thanks for being here, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. And it is a wine time episode. We're having a lot of these. Uh, what What's your drink of choice today? So I actually have the bottle right here. It is an Scotch whiskey, single malts, Ardbeg. I can't tell how well you can hear it. I uh, see it. It is very smoky and it's, uh, I mean, it's, you know, reasonably strong, but it's got a very, very strong taste to it too. So nice. It's like, like uh, it. drinking by a campfire is probably the best way of putting it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the person the smoke follows. Do you have mm. that experience? Mm-hmm. The wind will change. So you move your seat and, you know. Always, always, always get smoke in the face. Yeah. My family calls it the, the fire fairies. Hmm. Anyway, uh, we're going to learn about you and about your book falling through. Start out, start us off. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure, sure, sure. So I am Ben Pick. Much like you, I'm also a runner and indie author. I don't know how, well, if any, if, for those of you who have read Lori's work, there is definitely some running components within your stories, uh, your your romance stories, which I enjoyed. And I am much the same way where I try and incorporate, maybe not into my stories because those running doesn't necessarily go very well into a fantasy world. Uh, somebody's running for their life. But I try to incorporate the running into how I write, when I write. And my YouTube channel, which is Running to Write, where I give questionable writing advice through running metaphors. And so aside from running, aside from writing, aside from playing video games, I also have a day job, which helps support the very lavish lifestyle for my lazy, lazy dog. <laughs> Amazing. And I will plug Running to Write for you, too. I awesome. try to tune in every Monday. It's so good. Yes. It's thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> It's so much fun. And there's this the kind of, not the same every week, but there are similar faces there. And it's almost mm -hmm. like you get to know people a little bit. It's a nice yep. little community you got going. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, sorry. So uh, just, to, just to give you a point of reference to my dog, he is right now upstairs, asleep on the couch, bundled up underneath a blanket, sleeping through the night. And yeah, it was a lot of fun because we're recording this on a Tuesday. So last night we had uh, the usual suspects we had. J.M. Chaley, who will be, you know, interviewed yeah. here in the future, uh, or it's already happened, but by now, I, I don't know when it's airing. airing Either way, time time is fluid. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. And you have just a whole bunch of my other author two writing friends, so it's it's a wonderful community. Yeah. It's, so, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, he is a plot hound, so it looks a lot like a lab with just very floppy ears. Okay, that's cute. Mm -hmm. He's medium size. He's about seventy pounds. I asked because of the blanket. So we have a big dog and a small dog. And when we got the small dog, who is, I forget now, a jack, a jackshund, a jackshund. Okay. So he's a small guy and it's the yeah. first small dog I've ever gotten. And he's obsessed with blankets. And I think it's because he's cold mm -hmm. <laughs> the whole time because he's small. It's also, yeah. So Rufus has a very, very thin coat. And at first, you know, he's a stray, so he was terrified of blankets. And then my wife very slowly got him accommodated to them. And now if he kicks it off in the middle of the night, he will shake his collar, wake us up, 
and like fake like he has to go outside to go for a walk and then just run right back to his bed so that way we can just take the covers tuck him back in again and then go right back to sleep oh my gosh that's yeah. so sweet yeah dogs and blankets heartwarming for me yes okay he is, he is quite the handful Wait, this is quite the rabbit hole we're going down. <laughs> we're falling through. We're falling through if you a want, rabbit though. hole. Yes, if you want, though, I can eventually tie it back to the story. So it all will come full circle oh. when we start talking about things. That would be amazing. Um, and I do, I do want to, I have not gotten to read Falling Through yet. I have bought it. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I hope when you get around to reading that you enjoy it. I, I'm sure that I will. I'm very excited about it. It's got to be like the next, the problem for me is that yes. I'm already entrenched in the, um, I'm finishing up the throne of glass and mm. we're so close. So it's, it's up, it's up next. Anyway, I'm excited because we're going to hear an excerpt from you for yeah. falling through. Are we doing that now or? If you want to. We can, sure, sure, sure. With that lead in. Um, okay, so this is from the first chapter. I'm skipping ahead towards the end of the first chapter because I don't want to take up too, too much time here just with reading your ex excerpt. Um, to give you a little bit of a story. So this is falling through. You have the cover. You have a guy falling through a falling towards a portal. And it's a group of high schoolers who gain abilities and they accidentally create a monster and trouble ensues. So I'll take it away. I have it. Give me one more shot. Derek went deeper and deeper inside until he felt as though he was dropping into a bottomless pit. The edges of his vision dimmed. A prickling sensation spread from the base of his neck along his spine like glacial melts dripping down his back. The, fringe of his, the fringes of his mind recognized the sound of a low growl. He pressed on. I'm passing Tracy's test. Seven points of light shone from the darkness inside his mind. Blazing lines formed in the space between the lights. These connected to the dots to create the ends of a star which seared in Derek's thoughts and obliterated all others. On the other side of the star in his mind's eye, a large bear-like creature stared back at him with pale eyes. Undaunted by the odd creature inside his head, Derek reached out and touched the barrier separating them. Pockets of power blistered on the shimmering surface around his fingertips. He pushed his hand through the cold liquid substance, reaching for the immense lake of power beyond. Nausea riled his stomach as though he had plunged his hand into his chest to rip out his still-beating heart. Pressing through the pain, he felt like he inhaled lightning as his lungs sent supercharged energy to lift lethargic limbs. Derek shaped a giant fist of air above his right hand and aimed at the tree. When the raw power could no longer be contained without ripping him apart, he hurled the giant fist at the ancient oak. It struck with enough force to make him wince at the booming sound. In a slow motion domino effect, the elm tree bracing the fallen oak bent under the shifted weight until it gave out entirely. Thundering cracks echoed over the forest. An uneven splintering break skewed the large elm in a new unexpected direction toward Tracy. She was sluggish to react, likely thinking herself safe and out of the way. She leaped to the side to escape the falling bulk, but fell short of clearing the tons of wood falling on top of her. Derek ignored his agonizing muscles and pulled in more power, scalding his insides with his journey from his stomach to his arms. He punched the air, desperate to save Tracy. A ball of light emerged from his fist, searing his skin from the inside out. 
In desperation, he trusted in his powers, throwing the ball at the falling tree, splitting the tree into smaller pieces. Splinters showered the forest floor, followed by faint trails of smoke. An afterimage of the light scorched his sight, leaving a streak across his vision. The ball continued to decimate everything in its path. It plowed through several trees before fizzling to nothing. The ground shook as two solid tree limbs landed safely on either side of Tracy. She stared up at him from her crouched position, unharmed and stunned at his display of power. Derek's chest heaved. Pink, flaky bits of flesh peeled from his knuckles. His fist looked as though he had spent a week at the beach without suntan lotion. Tingling pain ran across his exposed inner layers of flesh. He stared at his hand, spinning it about, expecting to find it belonged to someone else. Wrong. This is all wrong. Derek shuddered, uncomfortable in his own skin. He dug his fingernails into his arms to get rid of the sensation of heavy sludge caked over them. The sounds of knives carving wood yanked him back to reality. The bear-like figure Derek had seen in his head paced between trees. Its white fur stood out against the brown and green of the forest, and its long claws scraped over a fallen log. Tiny horns protruded from behind its ears, and sharp teeth extended from its open mouth. Derek strained to move, to run, to do anything. His feet were anchored in place, ignoring his brain's pleas to bolt. budge. The creature's pale, milky eyes tracked him hungrily. And that's the end of chapter one. Well, way to leave us on a cliffhanger. That's the point. <laughs> Sorry, I, I made a couple of mistakes in there. It's kind of a little bit nervous reading that loud. No, it, it is riveting. And it actually reinforces some of the questions that I had in my head. For like, I am not a fantasy author. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, even when you were describing like the falling part and there was the light and seven points of light, right? Mm -hmm. How do you come up with that? How do you conceptualize what is happening when it is so supernatural? Sure, sure, sure. So there's a lot of different aspects to it. And it definitely evolved over time. I was trying to work with a magic system and I basically kind of created like a circle with, you know, different points on it of like, hey, this is, you know, one ability, this is another, this is another, this is another. And then they kind of drew a line together to figure out who, which characters could do what. And eventually I ended up with a star. And so I just decided like, hey, flash of insight, that will be, you know, what some of the characters see when they start crossing their powers together in, in different ways. So they can cross their powers together. Yeah. And it always goes badly. Um, oh, no. <laughs> well, no. So there's there's a whole mechanic in there of if you use more than one power at the same time, bad things happen. In that case, you saw that he had, uh, what, a seven-point star. So he was using seven different powers at the same time. And bad things happened. Um, there's more and more explanations as the story goes on. Um, I think the worst thing that happens is he draws in 14 different abilities at the same time. And that's when the story really goes off the rails. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that doesn't happen until a third of the way through. And a lot of the events before then are very high school related. So you have just your usual hijinks as uh, things get worse and worse. Super relatable. So that's mm -hmm. like everyone can relate to high school. Yep. Jinx. Cool. And I'm curious about what scenes were difficult to write. I know for me as like a romance author, it 
usually the really emotional scenes. You want to get those right. You want to make mm -hmm. this big impact. You want people like, I want to cry when <laughs> I write them. <laughs> because then I'm like, okay, if, if they affect me this way, they will yeah. reach the reader as well. Are there any like scenes like that for you? Oh, there are plenty of them. Um, I did kind of cheat because I don't go into any romance of the first book. So, you know, we didn't have to deal with that at all. Uh, the second book, there is some side plots of romance, and I tried to write those as best I could to really get that angst in there. But for this one, there are a couple of scenes. And at the heart of the story, it's, you know, a found family story. You have a bunch of really, really close friends. Some friends may, you know, branch off and, and there might be problems there. But at the heart of the story, there are three really good friends. And I wanted to make sure that I get those moments, those interactions right but on top of that there is a there are multiple huge climactic battles and i want to make sure that the physics still works so in a world with superpowers you know objects still fall at the same speed and so there was a fun scene where um there's a really creative solution where basically Physics still works, but it works kind of like with portal logic where, you know, you're following, so you're falling one way and then suddenly, you know, you, you end up going a completely different direction. So I still, you know, you, your momentum kind of carries through and it, it, it allows you to get to new heights in a video game. And I tried to keep that same logic in the story here. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And it, I, I didn't put this. It's not, it's not, it's on, um, not on the plant. Go for it. <laughs> but th these are young people, mm -hmm. school-aged people. Yeah. How do you how do you make sure that you're capturing all of the young person emotion? I feel like I don't remember what it was like. <laughs> so I don't either. Probably a me problem. <laughs> and it is not me who catches those things. Um, so let's see. My wife is a great resource. Uh, she used my alpha reader and she says, like, Ben, high schoolers don't do this. They don't talk like this, whatever. Uh, but I've also had a wonderful group of professional editors who. I don't say I don't want to say dumb down my language, but they make it so like they don't speak so form. They don't speak so professionally, so formally to each other. And they don't use like hip lingo either. You know, there's no you know, that's so lit or whatever in the story, because that obviously gets dated very, very quickly. But there is still friendly terms that, you know, people use between each other and the way that the language works, it, it, it's more fitting for somebody who is, say, in their teenage years as opposed to somebody who's in their 30s. I feel like that would be a huge hurdle to try to, mm -hmm. there are just some things that are in my mind is that, like writing historical things I'm afraid yeah. of writing young people. I'm also a little like, Ooh, that's hard. So yeah. thank you for doing it. <laughs> well, it also helps because I started writing this when I was that age. Uh, it took me well over 10 <laughs> years to get the first book out there. So I started writing this at 18 and there were a lot of influences in there. Now, granted, I was terrible at writing. So there were a whole bunch of other problems at the same time, but the initial characters, some of the conversations, they were taken basically right out of my own life of, you know, this is what I would feel my friends would say if we were in this situation. Did you always know that you wanted to write then? 
Or like for a, a long while, I guess. For a long while, yes. I grew up in the early 2000s. And I mean, I was at that point, I was already kind of a teen. I was already a teenager in the early 2000s. And there were a lot of people who a lot of famous authors were giving more um, biographies and they were coming out in the newspaper of like, hey, you know, there's a very famous basically rags to riches story of an author who was writing on on the bus and now she is she's very rich um yes. but you know her her stories are incredibly popular they're they're known the world over which is the much more important part uh we you know we don't need to glorify that situation but that's you know there's plenty of authors who write like that and there were uh, multiple authors with similar stories even you know of hey i have a story to write i this is how easy it is. I just started one day and this is what came out. And so then, you know, I can do it and you can too. And that was drilled into me through interviews, through, through, like I said, biographies, through, you know, blogs. And so I thought like, well, you know, I, I feel like I have a story that I want to tell and I want to see it through. That's really cool. And I think they are really inspirational things that you can find like that out there. Mm -hmm. But you also have to put yourself in a position to be exposed to them. Right. So you can take some credit. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you did that. You can have yeah. that credit. <laughs> well, and I mean, right around when I was starting to even recognize that was a possibility, you know, Lord of the Rings just came out and it was this stunning rendition of one of the most classic stories of all time and i have you know somewhere behind me i can't point to it directly but i have like a biography of tolkien and it was just fascinating how he he essentially was a, a you know a linguist and decided to create a story to go along with the languages that he was creating so he kind of had the very small aspect of the world and then just developed it all from there. And I was always just fascinated with that, that the way of writing that that's not what I did by any means, but that was just kind of in my head when I was first starting to write. Well, and your idea has kind of expanded because falling through is just the first book in yep. a series. You've got expanding cracks, which is sounding very ominous to me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you get this. This lovely uh, image right here. So you have two characters in the foreground, shadow monster in the background, and portal breaking through over here. Oh so, <laughs> so are you planning to continue the series? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right now, it's looking like it'll be about six novels. I am wow. in the editing process of the third one. So that is going to a professional editor next week or as you all are watching this uh, last week. All right. Well, good luck. Thank oh, you. Man. So was it always, because you, you kind of said you wanted to write this at a younger age and had the idea, was it always the overarching big story of the six or was it more like you had the idea for falling through and then it has expanded over time? <laughs> I definitely wanted to do a series. The overall number has grown and shrunk and it's it still is nebulous like six is a good target because i feel like more than that it feels 
I, I write based on how many stories I think I can tell. And so it's based around, you know, the antagonist of the story, the conflict the characters face. And like I said, you know, at one point it was up to nine, uh, nine books that I had planned out with different antagonists. But when I started editing, falling through and rewriting, redesigning the characters, redesigning the conflicts, some of the antagonists that I had planned kind of wrote themselves out of the story. So there's... Um, yeah, I can I can give a spoiler because I'm probably not going to go through with this. But there, you know, there's there's time travel involved, and so I had an idea of like, hey, there's a future android that comes back to try and like mess with these characters to because you know they're screwing up with all these other, um, you know, all these other time timelines and everything like that. And I decided not to do that. Um, so that is one of the nine books that is now no longer going to be written or a conflict that they face. Mm. I. You sound very like just okay with with things that were an idea and now it's not. Is there any like was it hard to let go of the idea? It would be for me. <laughs> Some. And it I mean that is basically just a single sentence of hey, you know, if I get to this book, here's a potential problem they could face. You know, that's easy to disregard cuz you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. Um there were a lot of other things that I've sort of held on to and sort of fought for and you know, they're losing battles. Uh, full disclosure. So falling through in one form was up to 400,000 words and I butchered that. I chopped it down. A lot of the pieces that I cut, there was enough left over for the second book. So a lot of the issues that they deal with in expanding cracks were taken directly from the pieces that I, the chapter, the entire, the entire written chapters from my draft manuscript version of the first book were just cut and pasted into book two and even one chapter into book three. So there's, yeah, there's um, a lot of ideas that I have uh, adapted based on how the story's flowing. For the most part, the things that I really wanted to hold on to have sort of come through in one way or another. Okay. And I ask everyone for a strength and weakness. And I sure. thought that your strength was very compelling. And we may have already hit on this. Um, but uh, you said that you can write and maintain the relatability of your characters in these very fantastical ways, you know, mm -hmm. even without the precedent of the known, yeah. <laughs> right? That's how my notes say it. <laughs> Thank Tell you. us about that. Yeah, that's what I strive for. And like, I feel like I mentioned this before, but a lot of my characters are based off people I know in real life. So I can kind of know or anticipate how they would react to even absurd situations like, you know, obviously unrealistic things like time travel and, and facing giant monsters and having superpowers to begin with. But there's a scene in Falling Through where a character has their car flip. And I was able to write that really well because that was something that my friend experienced. And, you know, he was, I, I combined a couple of different people in my real life because it was, he, you know, one of my good friends was the passenger and he wasn't driving, but the driver, you know, driver flipped the car. And then I went and I drove and I picked up my friends to, you know, sort of take care of them. And the rest of the night, he's just sitting there like pulling glass out of his hair. And so that was a little detail that I threw 
into the story. So, you know, sure, you have a whole bunch, and there's supernatural reasons why that happens in falling through, but in real life, obviously, it was just human error. And so I take people that I've known for decades and throw them into these. Well, first of all, I make them amalgams of each other, and then I throw them into these uh, superhuman situations. So it is fairly easy to kind of know how they'll react or I can sort of, you know, fuzz it a little bit and make it more plot reasons um, or more because they aren't perfect equivalents to each other. So I say like, oh, you know, Tracy would react this way as opposed to the person that she's really based on. That's so smart. And now I'm like, I'll share this very embarrassing moment. Uh <laughs> Everyone, I, I'm currently writing a book and in it is a martial arts instructor. My family takes martial arts and I've never been a martial arts instructor before. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to talk to someone about what's your day-to-day -day life about without just assuming, right? Little pre-book interview to get the realness, to get the buy-in and stick it in there, pulled in the cheese. Sure. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm writing this romance book could I bring you out for a coffee or beer or something? And, you know, I want to know about your, your day-to-day -day martial arts instructor life, other practices you've been in, and also like the hottest things you've seen. And the guy was totally wigged. <laughs> totally <laughs> wigged. And he was like, um, I mean, I guess so. I think, I think that's fine. And it was, it was such like, bless him. I feel, I feel like I scared him off whatever so using your friends that, that's what i'm saying yes are you you need to make them enough so that they aren't easily recognizable um for the most part i changed them enough that it's fine for one i just said screw it and basically used either a character's nickname i'm not going to say who it is but a character's nickname a character's last name a a, a, a changed version of a character's last name but it's very obvious who the person is and they know. Yeah, they know. Oh. <laughs> and I, you know, th th that's the only one that I can think of, which is actually obvious. And, you know, it was more of a didn't really ask for permission, but sort of asked for forgiveness afterwards. And, he, you know, he, he's completely cool with it. So. Well, good. That is until I do completely random things with this character. So. And I'm going to change our track real quick. And you've been very gracious for people wanting even more information about the M word marketing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, on that is my life. weakness. Um, and, well, I think to, I mean, just to be fair, is it everyone's? If I find yeah. someone who says it's a strength, I'll let you know. You do, you share a lot about this. And so again, check out running to write for even more good experiences, but I wanted to ask, what are some of the surprising things that you've experienced as you've tried different strategies to get your books out there? Sure. There is no one thing that works. And I've brought people on to writing to write to get, I just had this huge marketing interview where I brought three guests on and we all started talking about what we've been doing this past year and everybody had their own strategy. Um, one of the people had done Facebook um, Facebook ads and I used his video as a guide for Facebook ads and there just wasn't uh, 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 as much of a connection as as he had. 
so or, or nearly as much success as he had. Yeah. So he also said to use video ads, and I was like, I have. I did. Yeah, exactly. So I use, I have a really good, um, how I'll, I'll shout them out. Books by Adrian did a wonderful, what's it called? It's a, a trailer for my books. He did one for book one, one for book two, they're 60 seconds each and they are fantastic. So I used those as the video ads for Facebook and you know, there just wasn't a good enough connection. So part of the problem is probably how I'm marketing my book. Um, it is very difficult to market. Whereas the the friend I was talking about, Martin Lejeune, he he has a very it's a very great story, but it's fairly straightforward. And hey, this is a space opera type story where you know you have you have aliens and you have ships fighting around the world, fight, sorry, fighting across the galaxy. And you know he has a very easy way to market it. But this book, like, I mean, I can talk about the high school. I can talk about the the monster i can talk about the time travel i can talk about the superpowers but a lot of that is very very difficult to connect and to convey really what makes the book so special and um that is where i've really been 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 struggling because the I, I'll, I'll be honest with you the easy part is the writing you know that is hey i have a story i want to tell and yes it is an endurance trial and yes it is a struggle but once i have it you know, I don't necessarily know, like, I know what I like about the story, but I'm very bad at conveying that in a way that attracts other people to it. So it's a, do you think it's like a finding the audience or even just, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I can give a, a perfect example. I was at a in-person event at a local library where they brought in 70 different indie authors first of all that is way too many um there were 70 authors that were already there trying to sell our books i feel like there might have been let's say at most 500 people who came that day and that's probably on the conservative side of way above that's probably closer to maybe 200 because there's three different tents and i don't think more than 200 people walked through the tent that i was in so even if 500 people came in and each person bought a book from one of 70 people spread out, that's, you know, maybe three, three and a half sales per, per author, assuming it's evenly distributed. Yeah. And the people who came in, um, I mean, there was just a wide range. There were kids and this really isn't good to market to kids. There were old adults, you know, there were older people there who, you know, again, a high school drama isn't near a high school superhero story isn't really something that would attract their interest. And so, I mean, honestly, it's like dating where of, you know, the however many people are in the general D.C. area, there's, you know, half of them are men, half of them are women. So you already, you know, of, of, of the percentage that are women, there are only, you know, a small percentage of that who are five years plus or minus my own age and then sharing same interests. And so you get down and down and down and down. So of the 500 people who were there that day, maybe only like one of them would have a genuine interest in my story. And then maybe 10 of them would stop by and just talk to any, a, a random author just to, you know, see what's up. Yeah. So it's really difficult to find those matching connections. Um, and yeah, sorry, back to the whole dating thing. I'm happily married, so I, I'm not looking. I'm just using that as a vague example. Mm -hmm. No, it's a, a good example for sure. And it it does make sense. The math tracks. 
Um, but despite all of like the challenge, trying to find the audience, trying to find a, a good way to get in front of people in general, you're always very positive about it. And you share really openly and I appreciate that. So thank you. If you have advice for like the grumpers such as myself, such as myself, on how to stay positive. I mean, just plug it in. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. At that library event, I sold a single book, and you know, on afterwards, you know, that's not really great. Those numbers are are, are terrible. But I try to look at the bright side because the alternative is I just pack it in and stop writing. So I need to find a way to keep myself inspired. And the way I do that is to say, you know, look at the bright side. So I didn't pay any money for a seat there. It was, it was a free to anybody. All you had to do was just talk to the, you know, sign up for it. Um, there are other conferences that I'm going to. So I'm going to, I was at Balticon this past year and I made a couple of sales there, but that was my first experience selling in person. So obviously there was a lot of room to grow. And even though I didn't sell all the books that I wanted to, I still have just stacks of books sitting at home. So they aren't, they're sunk costs, but they aren't realized costs or whatever, How, whatever the you know economic term of that is. So I'm going to go back to Balticon. I'm planning to go back to Balticon this year. I really want to go to AwesomeCon. And I feel like between the two of those, so Balticon is more sci-fi fancy focused. So that is a great match for my genre, my books. Um, awesome Con is a comic book convention, which just recently has an indie author alley. And so I really want to take full advantage of that because again, these are, you know, kind of a superhero story in, in novelized form. So I think that would actually be a great alignment to potential readers. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I sure I'm positive and, you know, I, tr I, I do try to convey a more positive persona on YouTube in, in these podcasts than I actually feel. Um, when I came <laughs> home, I was a little bit upset that I only saw one book, but it's a lot easier when I'm talking to other authors out there because, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but it is definitely a struggle. And we do need to keep going back day in and day out to try and share our books with the world. So... You know, I, I am positive because the alternative is to just pack it in and, and throw in the towel. It's nice to share the struggle, too. I think just talking about it and seeing that you're not alone right. is, is, a, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you've, get, you've given us a lot of advice already. So sorry, but I am going to ask for parting advice. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly. I would say if you want to write, if you have any inkling of an idea of a shred of a story that you want to tell, just start doing it. Um, there is, it's, it's, it's so cathartic to write down some of these things that are nothing more than ideas in our head and to, at the end of it, have a couple hundred pages out there of a wonderful story. I'm incredibly proud of falling through. You know, no matter how many people read it, if anybody, you know, if nobody else reads it from here on out, I am still proud of the connections I made because of it and the 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 story that's told within. Absolutely. And, and it is, you never know what's going to happen when you start yeah. writing. It could yeah. go anywhere. 
Yeah, and awesome. don't be afraid to tear everything down from from and start over from the ground up because that is kind of what I did with this story. So it's a process, but it's absolutely worth it. Great advice. Well, Falling Through is available on Amazon KU ebook, paperback. Definitely check it out. And there may be a promotion coming up because it's the one year anniversary. So, you um, know. Keep your eyes peeled. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So this will come out November 27th and Expanding Cracks, the second book was published on December 3rd of 20, 20, 2022. So I'm going to run a promotion for it then. Um, the promotion for Falling Through has already expired because that was published back in August a year ago. But Expanding Cracks is going to be promoted and sort of funnel that through. I think I'm going to work on a promotion for a falling through as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to put uh, the link to falling through. Uh, and you know what? I can put the link for expanding cracks too. I'll put the links to your book um, and your YouTube channel for running to write. And if yes. you are wanting to connect with Ben, definitely check out running to write. And he's on Instagram at running to write the number two. Um, and if you liked our show today, please feel free to give us a like and subscribe for more. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. Have a great night.